Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 330. Yes, I figured out the number before I announced the, the show. <laughs> I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good morning. What a beautiful morning it is. It is. It, it really tripping. is. It, it is. is sunny. What is here? I don't know about Nova there. <laughs> no, here it's, it's, it's disgusting. It's beautiful here. <laughs> yeah. It's wet, it's cold, it's gray, it's oh, it's just gross. Like the Canadians' so, playoff chances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so zero. Um, so this this episode, we've got a couple of things to cover off. We got uh, a little bit of news from around the league. We have uh, a review of the Canadians' first win in March, and. There's been a signing. There is. <laughs> so why don't we just kick it off uh, with an around the league view of the NHL? Okay, so I'll start off with something that's not NHL related, but it is Canadians related. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. As we as we record, um, Canadians second round pick in last year's draft, uh, Lane Hudson, was named Hockey East Player of the Year. Or rookie of the year, rookie oh, the of the year, uh, rookie of the year. So congratulations to him. He, you know, for an undersized defenseman, the guy was just phenomenal all year. It was kind of, uh, you know, rookie of the week, rookie of the week, rookie of the month, etc. All throughout the year. So, um, so good on him. Um, still no, still no um, word yet if um, he's won player of the year which he was also a finalist for so we'll uh get back to you on that one of course um now to go a little bit more into around the league um let's do i'm gonna spitball this off really quick um during the canadians game with the colorado avalanche arturi lekanen broke a finger he's gonna miss multiple weeks so that's obviously going to be a loss for the colorado avalanche um with the topic of injuries, Svechnikov for the Carolina Hurricanes, he is out with a lower body in, body injury, having surgery. He's missing the rest of the year and the rest of the playoffs. So for a team that uh, didn't really do anything other than pick up Gostasbear at the um, at the trade deadline, didn't use that cap money that they had um, for Pacioretty going down to make a significant move. This is a significant loss for them and a team that uh, a lot of people are saying that could come out of the East and could challenge uh, Boston. Um, big loss for them, of course. Um, a little bit more of around the league, some dates. The NHL's draft lottery, which is, has big implications on the Montreal Canadiens. Um, remember, we want Florida to continue to lose. So that will be uh, May 8th at... 7 p.m. Obviously, it's going to be a huge event for uh, for Connor Bedard, and uh, you know what, 
it's not just Connor Bedard. He'd obviously be the big prize. There's some great talent up in the uh, in the top ten of this draft. So whoever they ended up getting, I'll hopefully be happy with. Um, the Stanley Cup final tentatively scheduled to begin on June third, subject to a possible move up in the event of an early series wrap up quickly. Um, Marty Walsh, who's going to be the next um, NHLPA director uh he's going to be starting his job on monday and they say with that that gary bettman is willing to discuss a larger cap bump than one million for next season with the nhlpa but they're going to have to talk to the uh, director and see if they can uh, bump that up um and the last thing i have on the around the league is the gm meetings are being sorted out that gary bettman is not changing the uh, NHL divisional playoff format. He's happy with the way Talking. that it is right now. Uh, a lot of people want to go back to one to eight. Um, the real, the ones that are just crying every time they have to play somebody that might give them a little bit of a, um, a trouble in the playoffs. They want to go to one to 16 that doesn't work with North America, right? Yeah, it can work within, you know, a province maybe or a couple provinces, but uh, it doesn't work across North America. So uh, I don't think one to 16 is ever going to happen. And I think uh, the only team that's really been bitching and moaning about that is on the shores of a great lake in yeah, Ontario. It's yeah, it's down the highway from here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that's all I've got to say. Oh, and uh, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'll speculate. I will speculate. But uh, the Ottawa Senators should be uh, should be sold soon, and uh, we all know that Ryan Reynolds was supposed to be um, incorporated in this deal somehow. Um, this guy just sold Mint Mobile to T-Mobile for like 1.3 billion dollars. He sold Aviation Gin a couple years ago for like 600 million bucks. So that. And then the movies that obviously he's been making. So he's got the money. He's, well, I mean, he's, he's going to find that sugar mom or sugar daddy that he needs. And he's going to probably join a, one of these groups. Will his wife allow him to spend that kind of money? That's the thing. I think so. Sure. He's I making think. money. But... I think so. I'm not, I'm not yeah. one for, I'm not one for gossip and Hollywood couples and stuff. But like, if I was to be like that couple there, I'd be okay with that. They seem, seem like good people. They seem like good people. Yeah. And uh, so if he buys the team or he's part of the team, the group that buys the team, are they renaming it to the Ottawa Deadpools? I'd be okay with that. Kind of like their playoff hopes? <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> Gotta take the shot. When it's there, good. you take it. That was good. Um, also on uh, back on to uh, Lane Hudson yep. a little bit. So the Hobie Baker Award, uh, the top 10 finalists are going to be announced later today. So right. today's the 15th of March. So I believe sometime around 3 p.m. Eastern time, the top 10 finalists will be announced. The likelihood that Hudson is in there is pretty high. Yep. But also Shane, uh, Shane, Sean Farrell is yep. going to probably be in there as well. Uh, he is the third overall scorer in the NCAA. Hudson is the ninth overall scorer in the NCAA and the top scorer among defensemen with the best point per game average of any defenseman. 
in the last 30 years in the NCAA. And that's that's some big names like Adam Fox and Kale McCarr. He's even the first defense. He's uh, the first freshman to lead uh, Hockey East in scoring since Jack Eichel, a yep. forward who went second overall. So th- there's a lot pointing to Canadians prospects in the NCAA really starting to pick up some steam here when it comes to individual awards. Um, now, Farrell, he's got a series, I believe, that starts on Friday. At the end of that series, if the team is out, I expect him to sign. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I think he's going to be, he's he's the next one yeah. for sure. He's the next one in the scope for sure. We'll talk about the other one here later. Uh, but why don't we just jump into, you know what? Screw it. Let's just jump right into the signing. Jim sure. Struble signed, uh, he signed this morning. Shocking, I know. I mean, it's not been in the news at all for the last two or three days. <laughs> this one wasn't really surprising. I, we we, no. we we talked about it on a few different shows over the year. And with the uh, the emergence of a few of these defensemen coming up and kind of turning some heads and some guys from Laval taking the next step, more or less out of necessity because of all the injuries this year, knock on wood. Um, yeah, Jaden Struble, uh, second round pick in 2019, very athletic, um, smooth skating, aggressive, uh, kind of hard hitting defenseman when he needs to be, uh, a little bit over aggressive sometimes when he has to be. Um, he was a guy that was very high on the list of prospects for Mark Bergman. Um, if you watch that draft, uh, their little draft breakdown and they called him like a Greek God and all this kind of stuff. And, um, Oh yeah. He, he was killing the, it in the, yeah. uh, in, in the, the, oh, the combine. Yeah. There. The combine. Oh, God, he was, yeah. 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 So if he can, if he can come in and, uh, and help the Laval rocket, um, with a little bit of a playoff push, We'll maybe be able to evaluate his game a little bit, and then we'll see him at training camp um, next season. And, and and I like that we're seeing, obviously we haven't seen him play yet, but I'm liking that we're seeing more drafted talent make these lineups. Um, so next year, he's likely, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say for sure because how, who knows what the team's going to look like next season, but this is a guy that's likely going to be in Laval next year um with more than likely Logan Mayer so you're going to have two drafted players in the last few years that are going to be on that team that haven't made their pro debut yet um and we talked about this on the last show briefly um about the uh, AHL not saying anything regarding Mayer the NHL yeah. still has to has to clear him but the AHL hasn't said anything yet he is signed to a contract so we know that he's going to play somewhere next year. Yeah, and I think it's just a matter of formality at this point that the NHL clears him to uh, to play. Um, they allowed the signing to happen. Yeah, so, and and they haven't uh, they haven't pulled the contract like they did with other players. Right. So, as long as he keeps his head down, doesn't do anything stupid between now and then, right? He'll he should be fine. And right. Laval next year is looking like they're going to have a pretty strong defense. But th- for this this season right now, they're currently in fourth 
in the North division. They're battling now for positioning within that division. There's a possibility they move up a little bit. With all the injuries and all the call-ups, that defense has been pretty banged up and decimated. So Struble arriving, that that gives the team an extra body who's healthy. He's played healthy the last two years, so that's a good that's good news. He's physical, he's mobile, he he's good in transition. Um, so that those are all aspects of the game that the Canadians really like to build their defense on now, and he he fills all those roles. More importantly, by signing the AHL deal and moving the ELC to next year, this gives him much more opportunity to play meaningful minutes on a professional team, because if he were to go straight to the NHL, he might play eight to 12 minutes, you know, in a third pair, no penalty kill, no power play. But in Laval, we're looking at a guy who, a guy who's got the opportunity now to play 18 to 25 minutes in a game, depending on what's going on, on power play, on the penalty kill, five on five, last minute, tech to lead, get a goal, all these different situations the door is open now for this six foot, 205 pound monster of a player who loves to hit to really get his feet under him professionally. And I'm hundred percent fine with the signing. There was, I said, we oh, talked yeah, this about, is great. we talked about this a few times. I said, and uh, we were on the fence. Is he going to sign? Is he not going to sign? You know, we kind of threw a couple names back and forth and, um, he was he was a maybe on on all of our lists. Um, but you know what? Let's give the guy a chance. It's not going to hurt anything. We've seen how an undrafted player in Arbor Jacki has turned out, and now we're seeing a guy that uh, you know took a few extra years, played out his NCAA career, which is nothing wrong with, of course. Uh, now that's come to an end. He's going pro. He's getting this opportunity at the AHL. Hopefully, he makes the most of it. Stays healthy. Again, knock on wood, which is something that, uh, you know, that's few and far between when it comes to the Canadians. And, uh, and and then hope for the best that he comes into to training camp healthy and he's, uh, you know, turn some heads. And the opportunities there, the openings are there. There's going to be some trades here over the summer and there's going to be chances for him to be, make himself valued he also plays both sides he plays both left and right defense right so that that's also a big help um now the canadians prospects from the ncaa there's still uh jakob dobish yep friend of the show who um who is one of the 35 nominees for the hobie baker who might i don't know if he will but might get into the top 10 that would be three canadians in there just to, have three, is, just to have three nominees, yeah. right? Right, like it's yeah, it's pretty big. That's a lot, yeah. So for him, he had a really great season in Ohio, uh, pulling in a nine eighteen save percentage, got twenty wins, which is top ten in the history of his school. <clears throat> so Ohio State University, I think he's eighth right now, eighth best winning season amongst all goalies in their history, and that's on a team that had some has some issues defensively. Now they're out, they're done. Um, so there's a possibility he signs now 21 years old. I don't know if I would be 
rushing him just yet, maybe allow him to play another season in the NCAA because we saw what's happened with, uh, with Caden Primo. He had two amazing years at Northeastern, made the leap, and now he's kind of, he's stagnant. You know, he's yes. not getting enough playing time or, you know, his development's kind of petered out a little bit. So yeah. if we give the guy a little bit more runway to get his legs under him and get the speed going, his development might not stagnate at, at the same point. So right. I'd avoid signing him. If I'm a goaltending yeah. prospect for the Canadians right now, um, I'm, I'm seeing it as an opportunity. But at the yeah. same time, even though as fans, we want to see this rush and we want to see the next goalie come up, the, the who's going to be the guy that's going to take over for Carey Price. So we, we, that's what we're, that's what we're wondering. It's not going to be the two goalies that are in net right now. It's not going to be Alan or Montembeau. No. Uh, this is a short-term solution. We're waiting to see who's going to take the reins and who's going to be the next guy. And again, if you're a prospect, this is about honing your game, making yourself better, um, getting noticed for the right reasons and possibly being that individual. But I would say, yeah, I, I think that he'll play another year in the NCAA. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a wide open field right now. There's, there's, you can't really say there's a, a goaltending prospect in the, like Primo still the number one, even though he's been stagnant. But there's no one else yeah. that's really kind of taken it, you know, by the horns and said, you know, I'm the next guy. Because you still no, have, I, you still have Dobes, you still so. have Ditcho, you still have Verbeckdick, you still have et cetera, et cetera, right? You've got other guys in the system that we haven't even talked about. Now, with Verbeckdick, he's on that AHL deal. I don't know if he's going to earn himself an NHL contract because the NHL rights are expiring at the end of this year for him. Uh, I, I have a hard time believing he's going to get an NHL deal with the Canadians, maybe somewhere else. Uh, with Dykow, his his um, uh, NHL rights expire this summer as well. And he's someone that would be interesting to me. He hasn't had a ton of playing time with Fralunda. I think it's about 18 to 20 games if you count Champions League. Right. His numbers, I mean, he's got a winning, a winning uh, record. His save percentage in the SHL isn't that great. I think it's sub 900, but for Lund is a weak team. Right. But for some reason, during the Champions League, they're able to pick up some guys and they've done extremely well. And so has Dykow, who, uh, who's gotten, I think it's four wins in five games or something like that at the Champions level. So I would be interested to see if he gets a deal this summer. I think it's a very high possibility. Another guy I don't, another guy whose rights are up this uh, this summer is Jack Gorniak of the University of Wisconsin. I do not see him earning a deal. I don't think he's done enough no. to uh, to really catch the attention for from the Canadians, especially with only fifty contracts and so many prospects coming. He he's he's a decent player. It's just he hasn't really climbed up the depth chart. No. No, he's he'll be one of those, uh, you know, one of those prospects that was on the shelf and just never made it. And, and we're going to see that. And, and we're going to we're going to see that uh, over the last couple of years, the Canadians have went crazy in terms of um, 
stocking the shelves and hoping for the best and hopefully, you know, a few of them stick. It's worked out so far. They've, uh, they've managed to, to, to pull in some, uh, some good prospects. I actually have the latest of the hockey news here beside me. And I am on the Canadians page right now. They are Just one page, just one page. <laughs> they are given a B plus for their, for their prospects. And they're ranked 11th in the league with their top 10 being Philip Mesher, Lane Hudson, Owen Beck, Justin Barron, Sean Farrell, Joshua Roy, Logan Mayer, Riley Kidney, Matthias Norlander, and Jan Meshack. And out of the top 100, Mesher is 54, Hudson is 65, Beck is 84, and Barron is 92. So they've managed to get these prospects. But again, you're seeing a few. Another one's likely going to be a guy like Luke Tuck who was pretty sought after and he was they were pretty proud of the signing when they when they got him in it just he had a he had some flash in his game but it doesn't seem like that playing style we thought that he was going to be like his brother we thought that him and like him and Alex were going to be kind of like a pair and it just it hasn't worked out, and I don't know if he's going to be a guy that's going to sign, or he's going if they're going to look at him. Um, with with players like him, it takes a little bit longer to develop. He hasn't had a bad season so far. Uh, his numbers may not seem uh, over the moon, but we got to keep in mind too that even Brady Kachuk's numbers were look like crap. That's true. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to I'm not ready to uh, I'm not ready to uh, to give up on the guy. But I can, but I can see, I can see more of, you know, maybe dangle an AHL contract in front of him first. Sure. He's still got another year of eligibility in the NCAA. He's going to go with back. He'll play another year. He'll have a bigger role to play in Boston and we'll see what's what then. But I, I fully expect him to be signed by the end of that. And he still has the, uh, the potential to become a third line power forward type, like a, yeah. Like a greenway. Right. Right. He's got size. He's got speed. He can hit. You know, he can put up some numbers. But all in all, third line power forward type, I think that's a good uh, top end potential for a guy picked late in the second round. Right. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brings a little bit more size, a little bit more grit. It's it's stuff the Canadians will need, especially when they have guys like uh, Farrell, and Caulfield and, and Meshar is even considered uh, undersized. So they got some undersized wingers who can put up points, but they need someone there to play the uh, the more difficult style of going in the corners, digging pucks out, play that cycle game, create some space for them, you know, and, and kind of defend them a little bit. So th- right. those are essential roles as well. Well, what I'm really hoping for is like we talk about prospects we talk about stocking the shelves and then we bring up some of these guys caulfield we bring up um lane hudson we talk about sean farrell we talk about joshua walks uh, owen beck etc well there's only so many contracts there's only so many spots so for me it's just a matter of time where we see some of these guys you know take you off the shelf 
put you as a part of a bigger deal. And 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 they're going to have to sit down this summer and find out what's going on because with some of the names that are floating out there in terms of goaltending that we talked about on the last show, um, there's that constant uh, rumor when it comes to Dubois. You know that there's going to be a young player or two going a part of that package if they don't wait for unrestricted free agency. So another season, um, some of these guys are going to have to get moved. Right. I agree. Um, and uh, I'll throw one out there. I like the kid. I like him a lot. And I know you've seen him play. I've seen him play once, I believe uh, is Riley kidney. Yeah. Right. Riley kidney's not as he's not, uh, he's not talked about as much. However, he should be is the guy is putting up mad numbers in the queue this year, uh, played for a really, really, really bad Acne Bathurst team, still put up 45 points in 31 games. All of a sudden, he goes to Gatineau, who is on a fucking tear right now, and they're actually ranked the uh, top team in the CHL this last week. I think they've won something like 18 games in a row or something like that. Like, they're on a tear. Yes, um, like wins, not not win, not lot. Um... 18 games without a loss. Yeah, 18 like they're, wins. Yeah, they're they are tearing it up. And uh since Kidney has joined that team in 23 games, he's put up 54 points. I hear that's pretty good. I mean, you know, two points a game. Eh, yeah, it's okay, I guess. Right. And uh, he's gonna be a guy to look at. He's he's on a contract now. Likely another one of those guys going to the AHL next season. So you're gonna have him, you're gonna Possibly, have yeah. Right, you'll have Joshua Roy, you'll have Mayo, you'll have Struble. So it's it's starting to come together. You're starting to see more, say, homegrown talent um, on the on the uh, on these rosters, and at the same time, you're seeing some of these guys develop into very um, respectable trade chips going forward. It's 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 yes. not like hey, we'll give you you know, player a, which is, you know, Hey, you put up, put up six goals in the queue last year playing top minutes, right? He's not one of those kind of guys. Right. So. Well, that's the thing. The player development is more than just making NHL players for the Canadians who better it's turning that late second round pick into something that'll really turn the tide in a trade deal to get something of, high value for your team. So you, right. you can package together a couple of these prospects and a, a, you know, a second round pick and you get yourself player X that the team desperately needs, you know, uh, on the NHL roster who fills the roles that they're looking for. I, the, these are all, it's all part of the rebuild. And we're starting right. to, like you said, we're starting to see all that come now. And I mean, it's going to be a long. It's going to be a long year and a half. But I do believe that after about two years, we're going to start seeing a team that's playoff bound. Yeah, I'd say I'd, I think so. I think so. Yeah, we we saw it. We saw it earlier this year with uh, before all the injuries started, and it was key players going down with each injury. Um, we saw a little bit of little uh, some hope this season. And we even saw it up to this last um, um, long losing streak. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. And that losing streak is now over. It Finally. is done. Finally. <laughs> For the first time in in the month of March, the Canadians have won a hockey game. Now, I know we've talked about it ad nauseum for the last couple of weeks in all those games, minus the avalanche game that we talked about last episode, the Canadians have been highly competitive. They've been close games. There's a few where they could have won, but uh, they, they just, they just didn't. Now last night's game against the penguins, we saw a team win a game when they shouldn't have. That's a game that the Canadians should have lost. Yeah. There were several games they should have won. And now the hockey gods have returned the favor and said, well, here's a freebie. Yeah. And the, and the Calgary Flames are like, hey, what about us? <laughs> if, if if you guys don't know the <laughs> reference, look up the look up the Calgary Flames uh, game from the uh, Arizona Coyotes the other night. Um, yeah, they've lost like Thank 20. You, Calgary. They've lost like 20 games this year where they've outshot the team by 10 plus shots or something. They've got something, no finish. something crazy, right? Yeah, they got no finish, right? And they lost again last night. But anyways, back to the Canadians. Um, this is a game where I was like, it was five minutes in, it was two nothing for for Pittsburgh. And I, I thought and it was, I, yeah. and I thought, here we go again. Like twenty one seconds in, Gensel knocks in, uh, knocks in a puck where everyone is just. It looks, it looked worse than Timbits hockey out there. Um, Everyone was just looking at the puck, and then they had the one kid where his dad was like, you go there, they're all going to watch the puck, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and he banged one in, and, and as, again, they, they they take a penalty. Uh, Malkin scores a power play goal, 2-0, 449 in, and it's 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 looking like, uh, it's looking like uh, Colorado all over again. All of a sudden, 30 seconds later, off a nice... Uh, pass from Pitlick. Mike Hoffman gets his 11th of the year. Canadians are on the board. And then from there, I can't say it was all Canadians. It was on the scoreboard. But they made the most of their their shots. They, you know, so they scored four goals on seven shots with Yelonen just or Elonen as what some people call it. Um, I'm still going with Yelonen because I like it more. Um, absolute bomb of a shot. And we know that he has that. Wish he'd use it more often. Um, it would secure. He was his... giving a lot of space to make that he shot was. too. The he way was. they set it up, they created a giant pocket for him to just to walk in and rip it. Right. And I wish he, he uses it at the AHL a lot more. I I, I want to see that confidence moving forward. Is he's going to be another guy, another one of those bubble players? Is he going yeah. to be a Laval guy? Is he going to be a Montreal guy next season, etc.? I'd like to see him using it a little bit more often. And then we had Garyanov, who has looked quite good since joining the joining the Canadians. Got a sixth of the season, fourth with the Canadians. Third game and, in a row. Yeah, third game in a row. And um, then we see, you know, uh, big goal scorer from the uh, from the blue line, Joel Edmondson, get his second <laughs> second of the year yeah. with a little bit of a, I don't want it, you want it, I don't want it, you want it uh, from Kovacevic, and uh, all of a sudden you get a four two lead. Um, I think that goal there specifically uh, was the backbreaker for the Penguins. Like they, they, they looked like they were pushing, they were creating some pushback there. It was right at the end of the period, and it just, it was a seeing eye shot. It got through the crowd. Jari didn't see any of it, and it went right in. And, and right. after that, it looked like 
going into the second period when it started, normally Pittsburgh comes out flying. They looked flat. It's as if they had their morale crushed and it took them time to get their feet under them. <clears throat> and in that time, the Canadians were able to find a way to counteract what right. Pittsburgh was doing. Right. However, throughout the entire game, the Penguins controlled puck possession, they the did. high danger chances, the scoring chances. It was evident that two thirds to three quarters of all shots, all scoring chances, all possession were Pittsburgh. It was all yep. Pittsburgh. Yep. This was a game where uh, good teams can win with bad goalies but only if the bad goalies don't stink the joint up. And in this case, Jari, who's a decent goaltender, just had a horrible game. He did. Um, some of the some of the shots, though, they were they, they were they were they were good shots. They were through screens, etc. So, um, not going to fault him too much on the goals that he let in. However, it's it's the optics of it. It's four goals on seven yeah. shots. So I wasn't surprised yeah. when we saw um, DeSmith come in in relief and it kind of, in a, in a way it kind of gave them a little bit of a boost because yes, they were flat to start the second period, but they were still the better team for yeah. the rest of, for the rest of the game. And they showed that in the second period um, with the two goals that they scored with one late, late in the second period to tie it up at four going into the third. Um, the goal that I want to talk about, though, is that uh, incredible pass from Justin Barron up to Richard oh, yeah. at the blue line. And Richard was able to uh, take possession of this and kind of a little bit of a spin right at the blue line, walk in, and what a shot. Like, we know this yeah. guy has some skill. We've seen it at the Laval level. Is he? Uh, I believe he still uh, leads the team in scoring. I think so. Um, gets second of the year, and, and it's a guy that's got he's got speed for days, and ends up scoring the eventual game winner. Uh, and then we'll add on the uh, the uh, Josh Anderson empty netter for his twenty first of the year. Um, I, I, again, a guy that's uh, you know, yes, it's an empty netter, but a well deserved goal for a guy that's been playing hard for the last few games. One of the only that's been playing hard the last few games. Um, Someone would have told you at the start of the year that Josh Anderson would have 21 goals so far this season. Yeah. You'd have been pretty freaking happy. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you look at the, that laundry list infirmary list, whatever you want to call it uh, of injuries and, and yeah. you still have a guy that's able to, to put up these kind of numbers without the supporting cast. What are you talking about? This is an AHL all-star game. Yeah, <laughs> but but look, but look how he's bounced around though. Like he's he's yeah. you know I, I played with Dvorak a little bit, played with Monahan a little bit, played with Suzuki a little bit, played with Drouin a little bit. Like there hasn't been consistency yet. The last few games, he's been one of those guys that's been the leader, and he's got an A on his chest for a reason. True, that is true. And on the um, on the Richard goal, that entire setup started with a, def a solid defensive play in front of the net. Baron with a heads up, able to, uh, t did a couple shoulder checks, kept his head up, moved the puck up until he saw the opening. So Richard found that, uh, that soft spot on the far side. Nobody was really paying attention to him. Baron, beeline shot, tape to tape laser pass. All because of Richard's speed. 
but also it had a lot to do with Barron's uh, situational awareness, something yeah. that he's gotten a lot of crap for over the year because they haven't seen it consistently. But what fans are going to really like watching him play once he brings his entire toolkit together. It's going to take a little bit more time, but that flash, that that type of game that you saw from him yesterday, that's going to become his his standard regular game. That's why he's going to become a really good second pairing defender is because of not just the foot speed, not just the mobility, but his ability to transition quickly. Just got a notification. Uh, Lane Hudson did not win hockey's player of the year. It was Devin Leva. Yes. Yeah. And for a team that was knocked out in the first round for him to still win that, I know it's a regular season award, but, uh, still pretty damn decent and uh for a goaltender to to win that award is uh is, is really showing something so it'll be great once he signs with montreal yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey they had the opportunity he was on my draft list the year that he was uh the year he, he was did. picked for a guy he to go a seventh, seventh rounder seventh rounder to the florida panthers he was um, on my draft list though now back to the game. There's another player that I think deserves a little bit of uh, a little bit of love, and that is everybody's big punching bag, Drew Wang. He had a really good game. He's he's sneaky putting up points this year. He he really is. Um, it's frustrating at the same time because um, you. You want to see this guy pot a goal or two or three or four. Yeah. Um, he's got a goal and 24 assists. He's quietly putting up numbers. Um, and it's it's like, oh, um, Drew, I put up two assists or Drew, I put up three assists or he picked up an assist on that play. He's just kind of sneaky putting up points this year. Um, he's making people talk a little bit more as opposed to before it was like, get this fucking guy off the team. Right. Um, now people are starting to say, well, what if Hughes says this, what if he offers him this kind of contract and it, it's getting people to talk. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I think that Drew is going to try to move on to a, to another team, maybe a team that's a little bit more out of the spotlight a little bit. Um, but the conversation is going to be there. Uh, people are going to talk and say, this is a guy that's quietly put up now 25 points. Yes, it's a goal and 24 assists. But is this a guy that we could bring in that can come in at a, you know, a $2 million contract or something like that and be a trade chip come playoff time if we're not doing well? I, I agree. And I think that Drouin will end up leaving the Canadians. I don't think it's a good idea to sign him and keep him. But in this game, he was one of three guys to have um, positive uh, puck possession stats. Yeah. You know, the Corsi four was positive. The, uh, the Fenwick was positive. More importantly, the scoring chances for that were created when he was on the ice, he led the team in that. And he, they were high danger as well. So him, Gurianov, Anderson were the only three 
positive possession players in that entire game for the Canadians, which, yeah, it, it, they were they were up against the Jeff Carter line, but still, right. they're the only line to really pull it off. And Drouin looked really good doing it. Right for for me, it was um, the fact that they had him out there in the last moments of the game. Yes, this is a guy that. Uh, when I say defense, I don't say Jonathan Drew on his name afterwards. Um, but he was out there. He was out there with uh, with uh, with Anderson, who is a, who is um, a decent penalty killer, and he knocked down that he knocked down that puck and ended up scoring that goal. But um, consistently, they were probably the Canadians' best line with uh, with so. uh, with Gurionov, uh, Gurionov, Anderson, and Drouin. Um combined uh combined they had 11 shots scored two goals so pretty decent pretty decent night overall um i would like to see the suzuki line change up i i, I thought that they i thought that they struggled uh it was suzuki harvey penard and yelonen i'd like to see a little mm. bit of movement there I, I i know you can only do so much uh with the injuries that they have um when I start throwing out names like Alex Belzil, Rem Pitlick, Chris Tierney, Anthony Richard, Michael Bezetta, et cetera, these are not, you know, top line NHL players. So you got to do with what you've got. But I, I, I found that uh, they were hemmed in their zone a lot, like a lot. They were. They were. And um, Pittsburgh's a team that could win faceoffs. Canadians couldn't. <laughs> so when when Jonathan Dura is your top face-off guy at 47%, the next highest was 36. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but again, it's one of those games that they should have lost nine to two. They should have. But they, they should have. And um Montambo had a really yeah, good exactly. game. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Montambo. He uh for a guy that came in in relief of Allen in the last game. Uh, to put up a 39 save percentage or a 39 save performance uh, against Pittsburgh, a team that's in their own right trying to secure their playoff spot. It's not like you were playing a team that uh, has kind of given up on themselves. So good on them. And uh, well, let's hope that uh, I'm going to piss people off by saying this, but let's hope the Canadians can maybe string a few wins together. Um, team tank is like, you know, they got a voodoo doll of me now, just stabbing the shit out of that thing. I know, but, um, their next games on Thursday against the Panthers. The only thing you want to see in this game is you don't want to see a three point game. Yeah. Um, honestly, it really doesn't matter who wins as long as it's not in overtime. I agree. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Other than that one game, uh, watching Florida lose every game would be fun. Uh, I'd be okay with that. Habs fans. And with the with the strength of schedule that the Canadians are facing until the end of the season, I don't think it's a big stretch to think that they're going to finish fifth or sixth overall yeah. in the draft. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. That's about where they're going to be. Will they win the lottery? I doubt it. But doesn't matter at that point of the draft five and six the canadians are looking at some very very good players they're high skill 
good talent, good size, uh, fill whatever need they want, depending on who they pick. Um, it's not going to hurt. The Canadians are going to have some really good prospects coming out of this draft at the end of this uh, this summer. So they'll have a couple more prospects to work with that are going to be high end. And we'll see what happens. Um, and that pretty much does it for the show. But before uh, I shut her down, I want to make a make notation that tomorrow you and I will be speaking to a Canadian's prospect. Set it again down of the uh, Owen sound attack. Looking forward to it. It should be fun. Should be. So it's finally going to happen. Uh, almost happened yesterday, but there's, there's a little issue with the storm going on here in Halifax. So I, I, <laughs> I didn't have power. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Um, so that's, that's my final thought. Be sure to tune in. We're going to have that show posted up probably Friday or Saturday, depending on how much editing I have to do, depending on how much swears you use, because it has to be family friendly for that one. I don't swear. What are you talking about? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so you, do you have any final thoughts? I just ran Tankathon really quick and uh, okay. Canadians got number two. I'd be happy with Fantilli. I mean, that'd be okay if yeah, you're good. into that top line all-star type center. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Hey, uh, eh. should have won. Hey, you should have probably won player of the year in Big Ten, but uh, doesn't have a doesn't have. A, he's not a Leafs prospect. So, mm-hmm. and if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go check out uh, go check out the scoring. So you see what Fantilli did as opposed to Matthew Nice. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's not more, give the, 20 more points than him. But, uh, he leads the NCAA in scoring. Yeah, as a rookie. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> uh, that does it. That does it for me. Um, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and for listening. Again, Treg sends his love to everybody. Um, he just couldn't make it to the show either. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending the emails. Keep those coming. Uh, Keep checking in on us on social media. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. I'm Matt Cundall, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. 
and Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>